Good day, folks. Pastor Jim Thomas from the Village Chapel here in Nashville, Tennessee with your daily devotional. Today, I want to read from Be Thou My Vision. This is a liturgy for daily worship put together by a man named Jonathan Gibson, whom I have met. I went and attended a small gathering uh, where Jonathan uh, was talking about liturgy and worship and really enjoyed uh, uh, hearing Uh, him uh, and his ideas about corporate worship, especially the importance of it. Uh, This particular book is uh, a result of just his own, uh, it kind of came out of his own need. This is a, as you can, those of you who are watching, as opposed to listening, this is the sleeve it comes in, see a nice box. And uh, it's just beautiful uh, the way it's laid out as well. The uh, daily readings that are here that you find are essentially a, a daily liturgy for private use. Um, you could have this uh, uh, as a as a pattern for your own for for your own reading, your own prayer time, your own quiet time, or with your family or your household or your roommates, whatever. And uh, we've got some small groups at church here at the Village Chapel that are also using it. Each one of the day's uh, uh, worship liturgies includes a call to worship, a prayer of adoration, uh, a reading of the law, as he calls it, where we hear God's law as his will for our lives, confession of sin, assurance of pardon. There's a creed, a praise, a catechism, a prayer for illumination, which is so important. And uh, we've actually begun including some of those prayers for illumination in our Bible studies at the Village Chapel on Sundays as well. It goes on to have a scripture reading, a prayer of intercession, and I believe it ends with the Lord's Prayer or something like that each and every day. Uh, A great uh, resource and one that I think you might find really helpful today. Uh, What I'd like to do is simply read the Nicene Creed. Uh, This was put together in uh, back in, in the fourth century uh, early early church fathers all got together partially to respond to some heresies uh, on the ground and that were sort of you know permeating throughout the uh, uh, Mediterranean there as the as the church was growing and in 325 the Council of Nicaea they came together and uh, came up with this uh, joint statement where um, they summarized, and actually expanded upon the Apostles' Creed and then summarized the Christian faith thusly. And I'd like to just read that for today, maybe make a few comments along the way. And if you'll just prepare your heart, and I will too, Lord, thank you for uh, these ancient words. Um, They they give us a a tether, a sense of connectedness with something uh, that's not so... uh, temporary, so transient, so um, fleeting, if you will. Thank you that our faith is indeed, has indeed a long history, uh, and that you, Lord, have been in pursuit of a people you could call your own for such a long time. Thank you for revealing these truths to us. And so as we even read this Nicene Creed um, and confess what we believe about the Christian faith, oh God, I may uh, I pray that these uh, uh, these statements uh, would find fertile soil in our hearts and minds, anchoring us uh, to you and uh, and to timeless truths. We pray in Jesus' name, Amen. The Nicene Creed goes like this: 
I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of the Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made who for us and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits on the right hand of the Father. And he shall come again with glory to judge the living and the dead, whose kingdom shall have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshiped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. And I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen and amen. Wow, that's, that's a great summary, isn't it, of our faith. Um, let me just go back and walk through a few of the lines and make a couple comments as we go. And uh, perhaps uh, this will inspire you a little more. And uh, as it does me, the more I give uh, reflection to it, ponder some of these amazing truths. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty. So we are, uh, uh, we are Trinitarian in our view of God, but we believe that God is one. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And the Nicene Creed certainly spells that out, doesn't it? Um, God the Father Almighty, um, one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life. So all three, Father, Son, Spirit, all three, one in essence, uh, though three in personality. And what do we believe? It's not just that we believe God exists, and it's not just that we believe a triune God exists, but we actually believe certain truths about this God. Um, it's not just left up to our imagination, but God's actually revealed himself this way in Scripture as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Even though the word Trinity doesn't appear anywhere in the Bible, and yet throughout the Bible's pages, from the beginning in chapter one itself, where we read of both the Father and the Spirit, and all the way through into our New Testaments, where we see, especially in John chapter one, for instance, that the Lord Jesus, the Son of God himself, was actually present at the creation event. And both the book of Genesis and the book of John open with those three words, the same three words. You know what they are. In the beginning thereby connecting those two uh, testaments, if you will, thereby connecting Jesus to all of the actions of God the Father and God the Spirit. And it's really powerful when you think about it. But here the Nicene Creed says, 
that God is the maker of heaven and earth and of all things visible and invisible. And so if we were ever wondering, why is there something rather than nothing? Nicene Creed says the answer is God. And then it goes on to immediately jump right to Jesus, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of the Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father by whom all things were made. And so we think back to John chapter 1, Genesis chapter 1, Colossians chapter 1, and just take those first three chapters of those first three books and line them up and read through them. And I think you'll see uh, uh, where uh, which passages uh, uh, the Nicene Creed gets these ideas from. Um, goes on to say, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven, was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary, was made man, was crucified for us under Pontius Pilate. There puts it right in space-time history. Pontius Pilate, an actual historical figure that we can point to. Of course, Jesus himself, uh, uh, credible, uh, both biblical and extra-biblical evidence for the existence of Jesus. First century carpenter's son, Jesus of Nazareth, who... Uh, walked around doing quite a few amazing things and taught and had quite a, quite a few followers. It's all there, and it's so credible. It's not just a fairy tale. It's not just a sort of fictional, mythological story. No, it's rooted and grounded and rooted in history. I love that about it. And then his death, the Nicene Creed goes on to say, was actually real. He actually suffered and was buried just like the gospel records tell us about, just like the Apostle Paul's letters to various churches tell us about. And then on the third day, he rose again, it says in the Nicene Creed, according to the scriptures. And that's one of the most fantastic things about the New Testament, especially the book of Acts, for instance. And I love the way how the Nicene Creed draws from all of these varieties of different uh, Bible books, the Acts uh, where we find uh, more than a dozen sermons. I think it's like 18 or 19 sermons. And all of them, almost, I, I believe every one of them mentions the resurrection. Do you see how important it is to us that Jesus actually rose from the dead? He, that, that was a historical reality that happened. Paul, the apostle, even says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 that if it didn't happen in history, in real space-time history, that our faith is in vain, see? Nicene Creed <clears throat> lays that out. Suffered, was buried. On, on the third day, he rose again, according to the scriptures. He ascended into heaven, sits at the right hand of the Father, will come again with glory to judge the living and the dead, whose kingdom shall have no end. So the Nicene Creed reminds us this is a forward-looking faith. Mm -hmm. that one day this God of the Bible, who has himself come in the personal work of Jesus Christ, intends one day to come back and set things right again. The world is so broken, isn't it? There's so much fear, so much chaos, so much confusion. Where do we turn for help? May I suggest you need look no further. Jesus really is the one.
you really want to turn to him. He is intended, he's intending to come again with glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end, the Nicene Creed says. And I love the section on the Holy Spirit, of course, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and Son, who with the Father and Son together is worshiped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. So important to know. Here's the Holy Spirit who, even in the book of Acts, Jesus says to the apostles, go, before he ascends back into heaven, he says, go into, back into Jerusalem, wait there for the, 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 the promise of the Holy Spirit who's going to come upon you. And he's going to enable and empower you to be my witnesses, Jesus told them. Mm. And so the wildfire-like spread of the gospel which really, I mean, good grief, that just is so puzzling if you're just looking at it from an earthly standpoint. Here they are in the middle of their mighty Roman Empire. And without a single sword drawn or a bow and arrow, you know, aimed at anybody. The gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news of this one who had come and died for the sins of the world and had risen again from the dead. That good news swept the Roman Empire. Pretty amazing. He goes on to say, I believe in the Holy Catholic and Apostolic Church, the word Catholicos, and the Greek really means universal. In other words, it's not just one church in one city. It's not just the village chapel. Um, so this is, this is reaching uh, back quite a ways uh, before the establishment of what's typically called the Roman Catholic Church. And here we have, not only in the Apostles' Creed, but in the Nicene Creed, um, the idea that the church is more than just one stream of the church, or the church is more than just one locale, one given locale of the location of the church. It's the apostolic church, meaning it's tied to the apostles' teaching. And so it, we don't just drift off into sort of creating our own faith and coming up with our own truths. No, 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 no. We're tied to this timeless truths of the gospel. And I acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. I look for the resurrection of the dead, and that's looking, anticipating, hoping, all of that, because we're, we're trusting God to fulfill his plans and purposes. We've seen that he can do that. He did it in the person of Jesus. So his promise is good. And the life of the world to come. Amen, says the Nicene Creed. It'd be worth you getting a copy. You can find copies of the Nicene Creed online all you would like. But I also, of course, would recommend to you uh, this particular book, Be Thou My Vision, a liturgy for daily worship by Jonathan Gibson. Let me pray for you as you get your day started here. Lord, Thank you for these summary statements of the Christian faith that we have down through history. Uh, thank you for the way that they anchor us, they tether us. Uh, as we are tossed about in our own day and time with all kinds of uh, confusion and, and, and tossed about by wars and rumors of wars, tossed about by the fears, um, the degradation of society, the moral bankruptcy of the cultures around us. Uh, Lord, we need you. We need your light to pierce our darkness. We need the life of Jesus to blossom in our own lives, in our hearts. 
We need the Holy Spirit to purify and cleanse our minds and our imaginations. And we need the Word of God, uh, the amazing scriptures that you have preserved for us over time, that you inspired so many, what, 40 different writers to write and to reveal to us the things you wanted us to know about yourself, about ourselves, and about the reconciliation and redemption that you have put on offer to each and every one of us. I pray for my friends and for myself today that we would walk in the light of that amazing grace you have shown us in the person and work of Jesus, in whose name we pray, amen, and so very, amen. God bless you. This podcast is a resource of the Village Chapel in Nashville, Tennessee. Don't forget to also subscribe to one of our other podcasts, Curate's Corner with Kim Thomas. Beginning next Friday, March 4th, and every Friday following during the season of Lent, we invite you to join Kim as she looks at the story of Jesus' last week as told through classic art, prayers, and scriptures. You can subscribe now to this weekly podcast on all major platforms, including the Village Chapel YouTube channel. You can find accompanying resources at lent.thevillagechapel.com. If you find this or any of our other podcasts beneficial, leave a review and share them with friends and family. For more resources or to support our ministry, visit our website, thevillagechapel.com. Artwork for this podcast by Kim Thomas. Music by Phil Keggie.